Mayung buntag sa tanan. What a great morning. What a great day. Um, you know, I say this every time I come here, but I really do feel blessed when I'm with you guys. Uh, God has a heart. I, I love the name of the church. Let me just... God's Children Christian Church. And this morning, God wants me to speak into this title, being God's children. Amahan Salangit, our Father in Heaven. Amen? And uh, I believe that as we break this word open today, God is going to bring freedom and revelation. All of us here were born of a father and a mother. Amen? Is anyone here born without having a father? You may not know your father, but at some point in your life, i.e. at conception, there is a father. It's interesting that your name is God's children. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, Amahan Salangit, we come to you today. And just like we sang this morning, Holy Spirit, come with your love and your presence. Come with your revelation, Lord God. Let us see you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for a day where we can celebrate our Father in heaven and where we can break down the truth of your word, Lord God. And I declare today, let freedom reign in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. It's amazing. You know, God is so faithful. Isn't he bigger than you can ever imagine? He's so good, right? And regardless of where you've come from today, whether you're from England, the U.S., Russia, Outer Mongolia, Korea, Philippines, Abdal, Jay Valley, God is there. There's no place we can go where God isn't. But what's beautiful is that today God has chosen you for this time. I want to start with this. I want to talk about our Father in heaven. But God actually, Jesus said, I chose you. This is an interesting place to start my word, as we were just worshiping, he brought to mind this scripture. Um, and I'm just going to open with this. I wasn't planning on it, but um, that's how God works, right? And I want you guys to listen this morning with this in mind, okay? He says this in John chapter 15, verse 7. I'm just going to jump through a few verses. Actually, I'll start with verse 4, John 15. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot bear fruitful, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jump to verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Let's jump to verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father 
will give you whatever you ask. Whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Wow. Now this is a truth that I want you guys to put like a foundation. Kind of like my special chair this morning. As I started, I was given a double chair. And I looked at our dear pastora and I said, what are you saying? Have I got a little heavier? But she was saying, safety first. Foundations first. I, I, I love it. And it was hilarious because I sat on it. I thought, yeah, this feels much better because the first chair I sat on just wasn't strong enough for me. I know I'm heavy. But God is saying your foundation, the root of who you are, is what will really determine the house that you will be building. A solid foundation. And I'm believing that this morning that double chair means a double anointing. A double relation, uh, revelation for you and us as a church. Amen? So that is the intro I wanted to give you guys. Remember that God said, I have chosen you. You're special to me. And this morning, my message uh, starts out, as Brian actually rightly said, the Father is here. Our Heavenly Father is here. And to get to know the Father, you go through the Son. Remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to look at Scripture that I guarantee you, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit, it will heal you and set you free this morning, okay? It's coming up to Christmas season, right? And we all know the story of the nativity, Jesus coming as a baby. Today I want to focus on the story of the Father sending His Son. Because I'm telling you today that God wants an intimate, personal, loving relationship with you. And to be able to make that happen, He had to do something so heroic. I'm a father, I'm an earthly father with all of my faults. But my love for my children, I believe that you would be in trouble if you mess with my children. I would fight for them. I would bite for them. They're my kids. Regardless of what they've done or what they do, they're my children. And I'm proud of them. All of them. I have physical children and I have spiritual children. And today I'm going to break down what our Father's love is and how that will transform you. There's three things that all of us can normally be categorized by before I break the word by. Remember what I said, God chose you today. But there are three main categories I believe all of us have either fitted in or have been swayed by. The first one is who the world says you are. The world says you come from this situation. The world says you, you came out of this situation, therefore you are this, that, or the other. Amen? You hear that? On social media, they put you in a class. You're higher, you're lower, you're middle. The world tells you these things. And that's constantly being given to us as children of the living God. The second category that we fall in is who we think we are. Which is often shaped by things around us. Who you say you are. Well, I think I'm a nobody. Well, I think I'm a somebody. Well, I think I came from this, so therefore I should have the... Who you think you are. The third category is who God says you are. And today I'm going to focus on who God says you are because that is the foundation of God's children. It's church right here. Amen? 
See, without the Son of God coming to earth, we would not know our Abba, our Father in heaven. Isn't it interesting when Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. Abba Patir. I think that's how they say it. Abba Father. He said, enter in with this understanding. But this morning I felt in my heart the Lord want to break some hurts and pain. The society today, the world that you and I live in, are often fatherless. Either physically, your father wasn't there, or physically your father was there, but he wasn't there as a good father. There are different types of fathers. There are strong fathers, weak fathers, nice fathers, evil fathers, absent fathers, amen? Today, I want us to understand that God has a plan for each one of us, but it starts in this understanding. You see, Jesus himself, do you know that in the New Testament, I was looking this up, Jesus himself called God his father over 156 times in the book of John, just in one gospel. 156 times. What was he trying to say? Understand the context he said that in. The religious leaders looked at a father as a very stern patriarch. A man that was respected and honored. You didn't enter in, you did not malign his name, like use his name in vain. His reputation was important. If you were a son of a well-to-do man, you were being looked at in that lineage. So there, there was a, a little bit of a distance. When Jesus came, he said, I want you to enter in and call him daddy. Interesting. Can you believe that in one book, 156 times? I think that's saying something to you and I. So often we can easily connect with Jesus and we can forget our Father. Because Jesus is more like your one-to-one. -one. He's our champion. He died on the cross. He is risen from the dead. But I want to break through scripture today what he, whom he represented in all of that. Because that's our foundation. Jesus, at his most intimate, most needy point of his life, said this in Mark chapter 14, 36. Abba, Father. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You can see that when he was in his place of most vulnerable and fear, he called to his daddy. I was speaking to some friends, our friends here. When we get in trouble, if you have a good relationship with your earthly father or a father-type figure, you call them. Dad, just chatting with Matt about that. When you go through anything, you go, hey, Dad, have you got a minute? <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit here. I don't know what to do with this situation. Amen? Do you understand that? Now, if you don't have a physical father that's been there for you, you find a spiritual father. That's why the family of God is so important. Hey, Dad, I need some help. I need some wisdom beyond what I can handle. And you know, this morning, for you and I, I want us to look at the Father through the Son. And we're going to see 
that actually, if you know Jesus, you know the Father's heart. Because it was the Father's heart to sacrifice His own Son. His greatest, deepest love was His Son. He'd never been separated. And yet He said, I'm going to do this so that I can bring you into a right, so that you can be connected to me. Remember that? You are the branches. He is the vine. God is saying, I'm grafting you into my family. This is such an important truth. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, he was baptized, right? Do you know that story? Before he started his ministry, you remember that? He was baptized by John the Baptist. And as he went into the water and came out, we all know the story. This is what it says in Matthew 3, verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Or in another translation, in whom I am well pleased. Now let me ask you this question. When Jesus was baptized, had he already done all those amazing miracles that we read about, that we know about anyway? He was just starting out his ministry. Guys, listen to this. Your father loves you because you're his son and his daughters. God wants you to know that you're working from, you're living from that position of sonship and daughterhood today. You're not trying to earn it. If you abide in him and he abides in you. When you're grafted into God's family, you are a son and a daughter. That's from the position that you live your life from. I believe some of you here today are trying to earn that by trying to be better, trying to do good works, trying to maybe love better. God said, you, I chose you, you are my son. Let me paint this picture, I'm a father. I have four sons and one daughter, okay? Now, can you imagine like Joey and Kobe, when they were babies, and I, and I looked at them, and all they did was keep us up at night, because they wouldn't sleep very well, okay? And then all they did was, I had to keep, we had to keep changing their diapers, we had to keep feeding them, we had to keep bottling them, we had to do all these things for our children, and yet if you were to ask me, are you pleased with your child? I'd be like, yeah, that's my boy, that's my girl. Had they done anything to earn my fatherhood and my love, have they? But what have they done? Have they gone get a job, bought me a car, got me a helicopter or something? No. They're my sons and daughters already. They don't have to please me for me to be pleased. I am already pleased. Listen, guys, I, I want to reiterate this. God is already pleased to call you his daughter and his sons today. Thank you. You don't have to do a jump, a backflip, 100 million push-ups. You don't have to do all these things to be a son or a daughter today. You work from a position of sonship. You belong to the Father. If you're His words and He abides in you, if you've accepted His call on your life. So what does that mean? And what does that say about your life today? That God is for you and not against you. Unfortunately, 
as people grow up, some of us have good relationships, which is nice. Some have bad relationships. Some have lost their relationships with their father, and it taints the way we look at God. See, God wants to have an intimate father-son, father-daughter relationship with you today. He is interested in you, in your small details in life. This is why he, through Christ, humbled himself and came to earth to connect us to him. Understand the power of this truth. It comes back to this picture. We all know the prodigal son, right? I'm going to read through a couple passages here. Luke chapter 15, if you have your Bible. And this is the picture of an earthly father, but depicting the heart of our heavenly father. The prodigal son. That shows that God, our father, Amahan Salangan, is not like our fathers here on earth. As much as I want to be a good father to my children, I know that I'm not going to be perfect and I'm not, and I haven't been. But I know my Father in heaven will never fail me. And I don't have to earn his pleasing words over me. He says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah, he's still in his diapers. Yeah, he's still a baby, but I'm pleased with him. So we know the story of the prodigal son. He goes off and squanders all of his inheritance. He's the younger of siblings. And he goes away and he uses his inheritance on wild living. He disobeys and dishonors his father's name. His father is a well-known man in the community. And in these days, the shaming of a son to a father was a very bad deal. Do you know that back in those days, if you shamed your father, they would, you would be banished. They would apparently get a pot of hot stones and nuts and stuff like that. They would boil it up. They would then break the pot in front of the family, in front of the whole community, and say, your son is banished. That was the expectation that when you did wrong, you got what you deserved. So many times in, in the world here, in our nation, in so many, you think you're going to get what you deserve. <clears throat> and what do we deserve? If we are living in sin, we deserve death, banishment. But God said, I chose you. I sent my son to bridge the gap. But I want to focus on a couple areas today. So imagine the picture. The son wakes up and realizes when he's with all the babwis, with all the pigs, like, what have I done? What have I done? I left that beautiful palace that my father had for me. And now the, the, even the servants live better than me. I used to be his son. Maybe he'll accept me back as a servant, not as his son. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Let me read this, Luke 15, 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. So if somebody's a long way off, does that mean that you're busy doing things? If, if, you're looking, like yesterday we were on the boat. I was, on the, I was looking for my friends for dolphins. And I was looking a long way off to the shore because I was trying to see any signs of fish jumping in the sea. So I was locked and loaded. I was prepared 
to witness something. Our Father is saying, guys, I'm ready and waiting for you to start to turn back to me. And he said this, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Not anger, not disappointment, but compassion. He ran to his son. Now I'm going to stop there for a minute. I want to talk about the context. It's really important to understand the word. In, in those times, if a man in a robe and who was well known had to do any kind of running, that was shameful. And so if he had a big robe, you can imagine he would have lifted up his robe, tied it up in between his legs, embarrassing Kayu. And all the villagers knew that his son was naughty Kayu. Right? And they would have been waiting like with pitchforks, like, ah, oh, we're going to banish this boy. He's going to get what he deserves. But the father wouldn't give the villagers any chance to mock his son or to catch him in mid-flight. He took the embarrassment, the ulao, upon himself. He lifted up his robes. He wrapped it up. He probably showed all of his legs. And he ran to his son with compassion and desire. Do you think that he was not crying? He had been waiting for him to come back. He didn't care. Isn't this a lot like Jesus coming to earth and humbling himself and saying, I don't care what the world thinks about me. I'm going to bring a right relationship back with the Father through me. I don't care that I have to be humbled to the world's eyes. So the Father loves his son so much that he does not care what he looks like and what people would say. So he's running and he was filled with compassion. And when he met his son, did he slap him? How long have you been gone? How dare you come and show your face in my presence? You know how embarrassing you have been? How difficult my life has been? All the naming? Ooh. No. His arms were not in war. He was in love. And he said, his arms, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him in public. Not only was he ashamed that he was a gentleman. Gentlemen don't run. They certainly don't run to the prodigal one that's made them embarrassed. He did not care. He wanted healing back to its rightful place as his son. Then the older brother we know, right, gets angry. What? How dare him get that kind of greeting? Because when the father sees him, he's like, yo, let's get the biggest baboy. Let's get the biggest calf. Let's get the biggest pig. Let's kill everything. Let's celebrate. We're going to have a party. And the older son is like, excuse me a second. One minute. It's like a minuto. Something's not right here. The older brother then became angry and refused to go to the party. I want to paint you this picture because... For us guys today, we fall in these two categories. Remember I said these three labels? But we probably fall in these two types of sons. One is one who keeps the law. The other one is the one who broke the law. But both of them were disobedient to their father. Because the older son, have you ever considered, shamed his father too. His father threw a party, well-known guy, and the son goes, I'm not turning up. That's below me. I don't agree with his actions. We should have punished him. We should have stoned him. He should, my little brother should have got what he deserved. But God gave 
his son what he knew he needed, not what he deserved. God knew that it was his love that this boy needed to bring him back to a full life again. Today, you have been saved by grace to be saved from sure death. And what we should be deservingly getting, we are getting what God knows we need in rightful relationship through his son. You know what the father does again? Here's another picture. And this is how God deals with you and I. He humbles himself, leaves the party, instead of slapping his older son, saying, how dare you now come and make me look bad? He goes, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. So his father, what we expect to happen, didn't do it. See, our heavenly father wants you to know that what you may be expecting, the wrong mindset in your heart and in your mind, is not godly. We're trying to put God into an earthly box. I love my father. And, and I know my father loves me. And now that he follows Christ, I'm so excited to, to communicate with him. And in fact, I'm excited to try to do things with him. Even though he lives in England now. We do everything on Skype and we talk about life and I want to... But our Heavenly Father is a whole nother story. And he says this, I, I want to celebrate this with you, son. Because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. We've been brought from death to life. What we think we deserve or what we think we want because of the way you look at yourself or the way that yourself has been shaped by the world, your identity in that, it's not godly. He said he was dead and he's now alive again. He was lost and now found. Isn't that an interesting picture today, folks? Where do you sit in this picture? Where is your heart set? Well, I obey the law. I'm good. I'm always good. I've been going to church. I've been dressed correctly. I've been, you know, but then in your heart, there's grumbling and mumbling. Uh, I don't understand why that person comes in here. And uh, the second you spend a little bit of time, chismis, chismis, chismis. I've been hurt by this person. They hurt me. I'm going to hurt them. I hope they get hurt. Blah, blah, blah. Church, hello. I'm glorious. I obey the law. God says, look, guys. One way, shape, form, or another this morning, we have been disobedient. God says, come back. I'm not waiting for you with a stick in my hand. I'm waiting for you with arms wide open. Ask yourself today, what brother do I relate with the most? The one that went evil and squandered everything and is trying to come back as God says, come home. There's no shame. Just my love. I've chosen you. And you don't have to earn this, by the way. Come like a bata, like a baby.
You see, and so many times people say, well, how can I know the Father then? How do I know who the Father is? Because everything we talk about is Jesus, and it's easy to relate with our champion. Absolutely. But it says this in Colossians 1, verse 15. Colossians 1, 15. It says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. <laughs> Let me just read again. Jesus Christ is the visible can see it. When you've experienced the love of God today, when you've known His saving grace, that is the invisible God being made visible to you. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. <coughs> so when we see Jesus, who do we see? Abba, our Father. When we see the sacrificial heart of Jesus, what do we see? Abba, the sacrificial heart of our Father. <coughs> so who's the champion? Who's the true champion in this story? No greater love than this than he would lay down his life. Jesus and his Father sent him, <coughs> knowing that that was the only way to bring you back into a rightful relationship with him. So Jesus humbled himself to come down to be with us. That is the Father heart of God. That God would humble himself to be with us here on earth. He wants to be invested and involved in your life today. So many times if you have an absentee father, you don't understand what that means. I know with my heart, I filled with joy if I think that there's a sh an inkling that my boys and my girls might want to do something with me one day. That fills my heart with so much bubbles <laughs> and pride and excitement. How much more your Father in heaven that He would sin and die to be invested. So when you know and you see Jesus, you know and you see the Father. So knowing the Father today starts in an understanding of who you are in Him. That is a son and a daughter. You cannot earn it. You can't pay for it. It's by grace and by faith. So when I say God wants to participate, wants to be intimate in your life, what does that look like? How do you see that in the Word of God? Because everything that we need is right here, amen? So when I'm talking about fatherhood, don't just take my word for it, take the word for it. So when I say Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, that means that if you want to know your Abba Father, get to know Christ more intimately. Not what He can do for you, but who He is. So ask yourself this question, why do I try to draw near to God? Why do I even practice this walk with God? Is it to intimately know Jesus so that I can know the Father? Or is it to get something from Jesus, to get something from the Father? What is it that motivates you? Oh, you're a star. Thank you. Do you notice a theme? If you're going to know the Father, you go through the Son. Let me read this. 
John 5, verse 19 to 20. <clears throat> Jesus says this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. So when we see Jesus doing what he's doing, who are we seeing doing that? The father. To know the father, we get to know the son. Get intimate. To know the father, get to know his son. So he says, he does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the, uh, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing uh, he, this man. Then you will be truly astonished. Jesus is trying to make the point here. When I say I'm the way, the truth, and the life, the way, the truth, and the life to whom? The Father. Our relationship is to go deep with your Father. This, the moment we understand we are sons and daughters of the living God, peace will rise, will, will descend. Faith will rise, and hope, and glory, evidence of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy will be in your hearts. When you understand that that's the foundation you come from, not going to. You're not trying to earn this place if Christ abides in you. But there is a battle today. You look everywhere, like I said, those three categories. The world wants to shape you. Then you end up trying to shape yourself. Number two, who you think you are. Now, the most important one is who God says you are. You see, even, even the devil tried to tempt Jesus when he went out into the wilderness. He's, he, he, he questioned his very identity. He said, well, if you truly are the Son of God, today, are you questioning your own identity? Are you questioning the very things that God has done in your life or maybe forgotten about it? Are you thinking, well, did God really say that over me? Am I really a son? Am I really worth any of this? God says, only my truth matters. You see how the devil wants to steal it, to kill it, and to destroy. What? Your identity. The relationship with the father and the son. He wants to break family bonds. Why? Because he knows that that is the most powerful place from which we can operate in sonship and daughterhood. That you are loved and he is pleased with you because you're his children, God's children. So I'm going to end with this about our identity and our mindset. This is foundational, right? Make sure that our identity isn't based on how God uses you. Make sure your identity isn't based on how God can use you. Oh, and I'm a son of God now because I'm able to lead worship. I'm a son of God now because I'm able to preach. I'm a son of God now because I'm able to be a position, a pastor, a deacon. Don't base your identity on that. Instead, base your identity on what the Father did 
by sending his son to die a gruesome death on the cross. Come back to the cross. That's where our identity was birthed. That's where we were purchased. That's where you were grafted from death into life. That's where the father demonstrated his heart when he ran and said, that's my son. I have called you for now. I have chosen you. Come back to the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did for you and I. That's where our identity and that's where our intimacy and that's where all power will come from. That's where people cannot shake you. When the world then says, category number one, well, you're a so-and-so, well, you're a what's-it, and you did this, you came from that family, and this happened to you, and this, and you go, no! Christ died on the cross. I am rooted at the foot of the cross of Jesus. I am a son of God, and nothing can take that from me. Neither death, no principalities, no demons, no powers can separate me from the love of Christ that was done at the cross. That is who I am. Now, then that transforms the way you look at yourself because then you look at the truth. When my words abide in you, the truth abides in you. Then you can ask anything in my name and my Father will grant it. Why? Because you're in sync. You're no longer out of sync. You're in sync, walking from a position of sonship. So that why is there a need to examine our hearts today? Why do you need to ask yourself this question? What am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because it tells you the motive of your heart. Am I doing it so that I can gain more of what God can give me, or am I doing it so I can gain a more intimate relationship? If our heart isn't pure, and it's not about Jesus being glorified in anything that the Holy Spirit shows you this morning, then I would say that that driving force is yourself. It's for self-gain. Do not chase God for ministry. Do not chase God for self-gain. Chase Him for who He is. Intimacy in Christ is the wellspring of life. And it comes from the cross. When you forget all things and you're confused, come back to the cross. Remember what God the Father did through His Son and did for you. He said, I chose you. What is your driving motivation? Because we are at risk. And this is the risk. Like it said in Matthew chapter 7, if you want to open that up. This is frightening. This is the risk of not having this right mindset and motivation in our hearts. Matthew 7. I'm going to read this out here. Verse 21. This is the risk. And this is why it's so important to examine your heart today. Which category do you sit in? Are you the obviously wild donkey that went off and is coming back knowing that God is waiting for you? Or are you that son that seemingly looks good but still disobedient in your heart? Either way, we fall in the same category as disobedient sons that deserve something, but God gives us what you need. It says this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. 
But I will reply, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who break God's laws. There is a danger, folks, when our motivation isn't for intimacy. It can take us off path. And then your whole life you're trying to just do rather than be. We've said this before in our studies. You're a human, human being, not a human doing. You're already be in Christ. Be in God. Be in sonship. Be in daughtership, not do in sonship. You can't earn that. Christ paid it all. You can't cheapen the cross by trying to work something better. There's no hangyo with God in that way. No bartering. He did it once and for all because of his love. He humbled himself. He lifted up. He, he didn't care what people said about him because he said, that's my son, that's my daughter. I'm running to embrace you with a kiss and a hug. Regardless of what you think you've done and what the world says you are, I say, I am pleased. That's my son in whom I'm well pleased. So today I want to get this final word. Because this is the key of making Jesus known to a dying and broken fatherless generation that we all live in. This is the key, folks. When you walk as God's children, like your church name is, people will see they are the sons and the daughters of the living God. They are different. They don't walk in judgment. They walk in love. The Word of God abides in them, the way they love each other, the way they forgive one another, the way they celebrate life is different. You see, this is the key. So therefore, the question is, is your identity based, your sonship based on God or on the approval of man? Is your identity based on what God says or on the approval of man or self? Because that is the key today, folks. The Father humbled Himself through His Son. If you want to know the Father, get intimate with the Son. Isn't it simple? He's the visible image of the invisible God. So this morning, I want to give you guys a chance. If you fit in any of those categories, make it right today. Come back to your first love, to your sonship your daughterhood in God. God says, you are mine. I've chosen you. Remember, he said, look, let my words abide in you. Why is it so important? Because it's his truth that brings life. Not your words, not the world's words, but mine. Let my truth shape you. Not your past, not your fears, and not your experiences. The truth. So this morning, perhaps, if we could have the worship team come up, um, it would be great, bro, just to, just to play. And I, I don't want you guys to miss this chance to come back to the Father. Because I'm telling you, this will make 2020 unbelievable. As you walk forward knowing who you are in Christ to our Father, this will bring freedom in your life. Anyone here looking for freedom in your life? Anyone here looking for breakthrough in your life? Anyone here looking to know God deeper in this 2020? Well, this is the root. Come back to the Father through His Son. So this morning, as they worship, I want to give you guys a chance. Come to the front. I'd love my, my brothers uh, from the UK to pray with you. I told them, come ready. But I want you guys to take that step. And remember, that son had to make a U-turn and come back. 
If you are that son, come back. If you're the one that obeyed the law but is disobedient in your heart, come back. God says, today I've made all things new. You are no longer the old. You are a new creation. By the grace of God, we stand today. Amen? So come on up if we could start the worship. And guys, remember the Father wasn't ashamed to stand up and to come and humble himself to the world. How much more we shouldn't be ashamed to come to our Father. And all he has is arms wide open. So if you're battling with something in your life today, get it set straight. Come home. Come home to the Father. Amen? So maybe we could all stand. Let me pray. Father, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that right now you would come and break through in our hearts. That this truth that we have broken down through your word, Lord God, would penetrate like a double-edged sword. And above all else, Father, let your love draw them back into a loving relationship with our Abba Father. Come, Holy Spirit, right now.